Back to the grindstone. Welcome to the Thursday, y'all, with your gracious host, John Rawl. Hope y'all doing well here as we are closing down the month of November, getting ready for the last month of the year. Can you believe it? Man, this year has gone by so quickly, and so have all our episodes of the Y'all Show. But hey, good news is, unlike most things in life, you actually can go back in time with the Y'all Show. Every show we've done since we launched in June is available for a free download. Go into Apple Podcasts or go to podcast.com and search for the Y'all Show or go to our website, y'all.com. And every show, again, right there, a free download. Catch up with all things Southern with the archives of the Y'all Show. And man, we've had some good stuff throughout the last couple of months with music news, sports news, information on politics, and so much more. It's, it's it's a fixture and a glimpse of what we do each and every day here on the Y'all Show. We're just glad that you've joined us here. Our number, 803-816-1170. If you want to text us with a question, comment, suggestion, we would love to hear from it. Coming up later this hour on the Y'all Show, we're going to have our Dixie destination, and it will be Bellingrath Gardens and Home in Theodore, Alabama, just southwest of downtown Mobile, about 30 minutes ride from Mobile toward the, what is it, uh, Fort Morgan and also, you got Dolphin Island in that corner of Mobile County. And Bellagrath is a true ch- treasure there on the Alabama Gulf Coast. And right now, through the end of December, they're having the Magic Christmas and Lights. And Sally Erickson from Bellagrath will be our special guest to tell us all about it. So make plans to Bellagrath here before the year is up. In hour two, we're going to do a little book spot- spotlight. We've got the holiday season. If you're looking for a great stocking stuffer, we're going to go through a bunch of really cool books that are on the Amazon top 100 list and help out some maybe fellow writers out there across the South, maybe some good Southern literary works that are available for purchase for the Yuletide. We'll have all that in our buy the book feature coming up at the start of hour two. And then as we close out today's show, we're going to welcome in from Nashville, not a music guy, but a sports guy. Adam Sparks, he's a writer at the Tennessean newspaper and Tennessean.com. Adam covers all things SEC for the Tennessean, including the Vanderbilt Commodores. And we're going to get Adam to talk about this weekend's SEC championship game featuring the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown ATL. We'll get his take on those two programs. And, of course, we'll have him talk about Vanderbilt, which is bowl-bound. And also a question lingers about their coach, Is he going to leave Nashville for a place like Colorado? We'll have info on all that coming up on the Y'all Show later in the second hour. And also we'll have a basketball update from Adam Sparks of the Tennessean before we get out of here for the day. So plenty of good stuff here on this all-Southern show. And we start our look around the South with some sad news. I don't know if you saw in the last day or two in the national media, they've been so sidelined by what's going on the border and whatever's going on with Trump. It's a sad statement when we lose three service members in Afghanistan. That gets put way down on the list of priorities by the national media. But now that we know names and hometowns, sadly, we had lost three service members, three American heroes, two of which have Southern connections. As Army Sergeant First Class Eric Michael Eamon was one of the three soldiers killed by the blast from an IED in Andar Ganmazi province in Afghanistan. This from the U.S. Department of Defense news release. Eamon, age 39, was a resident of Brush, Brush Prairie, Washington, but had grown up, as we said, in Arkansas, a former Springdale High School student in the state of Arkansas. Another Southerner, Captain Andrew Patrick Ross, was killed 
in the blast. And he was from Lexington, Virginia. He was a 2011 graduate of West Point, the United States Military Academy. Grew up in Lexington. His father was the head soccer coach at VMI. And Ross was himself a soccer player for the Army Black Knights. And had taken a commission, as you do when you graduate from West Point, and was serving in Afghanistan when he was killed along with his two fellow soldiers earlier this week. Also killed was Air Force Staff Sergeant Dylan Elkin, and they were killed when this explosive device struck their vehicle that they were traveling in there in Afghanistan. So just a, a horrible scene there as we lost three American patriots in Afghanistan, and it's the deadliest blast in, in Afghanistan, killing Americans at least, this year. So let's keep our thoughts with these families as they are suffering now, two of which have the connections back to the south with both Eamon and Captain Ross from Lexington, Virginia. More sad news from the south. A body's been found in North Carolina, and it's believed to be that of abducted teen Hania Aguilar. This happened near Lumberton, North Carolina, in eastern North Carolina, and officials found a body on Tuesday believed to be that of the 13-year-old girl who was abducted from outside her home more than three weeks ago. And I remember when the story happened, a SUV abducted her, and then they later found the SUV abandoned, but no driver. And now it looks like they found the body of Aguilar, a 13-year-old girl taken outside of her home at the Rosewood Mobile Home Park in Lumberton, North Carolina, on the morning of November 5th, minutes before her family was to drive her to a school bus stop. And this body was discovered on Tuesday afternoon in an area off of Wiregrass Road in Robeson County, North Carolina. So we assume that that would be her body, and, and we our prayers and thoughts go out to Lumberton, North Carolina, and the loss of this 13-year-old girl, it appears. A Kentucky family died in a garage, and it's suspected it was all because of a carbon monoxide incident. And multiple family members in this Kentucky home were found in this garage and it's now being called a death investigation by the Louisville Metro Police Department. And it looks like this family may have gone in the garage to get away from cold temperatures and succumb to carbon monoxide poisoning. They didn't die. They weren't found dead, I don't think, in the garage. They were actually pronounced dead at the hospital where they were taking. But it looks like it wasn't an intentional death. They literally died. Uh, two young children, a three-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl, were discovered within a vehicle when their father was located in the garage when officers got to the scene in the neighborhood of Valley Station there in the Louisville area. So again, I don't think this was anything malicious. It's just people, you got to remember with cars, if you leave them running or a truck or whatever the case, if you're in an enclosed area, you'll get carbon monoxide poison. You'll likely die. So do not do that. Have a vent in any case in a garage with a vehicle. And especially remember that in these cold winter months, which we're not even in the winter yet. We still got a couple of weeks away uh, December 21st, I think, is when winter arrives here in 2018. Hey, this is a cool story coming from Lower Alabama. As a Confederate blockade runner has now been uncovered in the Fort Morgan surf. And it, you can go online and see the photos at AL.com. You can see the image of the blockade runner there just off the coast. And it appears to be the Ivanhoe, which was a CSA blockade runner. And I don't know what's happened with the weather that this thing would all of a sudden become visible now, but it was an iron-hulled paddle wheel ship that was built in Scotland in May of 1864. 
and it was sunk on its maiden voyage just seven weeks later in 1864 as it attempted to steam into Mobile Bay past the Union Naval Blockade set up between Fort Morgan and Fort Gaines on Dauphin Island. At the time, the Confederates still controlled both forts, but Union ships patrolled the mouth of the bay just outside of the reach of the cannons of the forts, and it looks like they got a hold of the Ivanhoe, and it went down. It lies 50 yards from the shore and six feet of water at low tide. More interesting stories coming from the Civil War here on the Y'all Show. But yeah, blockade runners, those were private civilian ships used to bring in supplies from Europe oftentimes because to the North's credit during the Civil War, one of their most brilliant moves was they literally blockaded the entire southern coast from Texas all the way to Virginia. And it made it very difficult for commerce for the Confederacy to go back and forth. And it really strangled the cotton market of which the CSA was betting on to propel their country. And all other things that needed for the South to survive, including weapons. And that's where the old Rhett Butler guy, remember he was a blockade runner if you saw Gone with the Wind. But the Ivanhoe appears to be uncovered there just off of Fort Morgan in Dolphin Island in Alabama. And speaking of Dolphin Island, in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show, we're going to have our Festive South Dixie Destination B, Bellingrath Gardens, which is a blockade runner's throw from Fort Morgan. And we'll have a special guest come on and tell you about the Christmas lights. So maybe you can mix in a little Christmas light tour and witnessing a Civil War blockade runner all at the same time. Next story comes from Virginia. You may think I'm making this up, but I, I'm just going to have to read this headline straight from the Associated Press for this story because this is this is the gosh honest honest truth here on the Y'all Show. I don't lie to you. <laughs> Here's the headline: New joint venture formed to convert pig poop to power. No punchline here. The world's largest pork company is teaming up with a major energy company to turn pig manure into renewable natural gas. Mm, I want some of that. Smithfield Foods and Dominion Energy have announced a joint venture to trap methane from hog waste and convert it into power for heating homes and generating electricity. Who knew the joint venture with Dominion will operate initially in North Carolina, Virginia, and Utah. The first projects are scheduled to be operating by late 2019. So who knew that there was power in pig poop? But evidently there is. And Smithville Foods, we love Smithville Ham and Dominion Energy, which is a big company there in Virginia. And I think they stretch in other states too. Teaming up to make something out of, well, you know what. (laughs) To the Peach State. Dasha Marie Fincher is suing Monroe County, Georgia for wrongful arrest because she was jailed when her cotton candy falsely tested positive for methamphetamine. She was arrested in 2016 when a deputy pulled her over and searched the car she was riding in. And there in Monroe County, Georgia, just east of Atlanta, the sheriff's office report says the candy in its packaging and crystal-like feature prompted deputies to use it as a field kit to test the candy for methamphetamines and MDMA, and it came back positive. And the driver, David Menard Morris Jr., both had suspended licenses and were arrested. Fincher says she was jailed until a state crime lab in 2017 found no controlled substances in the cotton candy. And in the lawsuit just filed toward Monroe County, it names 
Monroe County, its deputies, and the drug kit manufacturer as defendants in her lawsuit for candy, cotton candy, that is, testing positive for meth. Okay, well, she must have a, a point there. Well, in the state capital of Atlanta, news came out on Wednesday that Paul Johnson, who had been the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket football team for 11 seasons, he is going to retire following the Jackets' bowl game. He's 61 years old. I saw an interview with him on Wednesday evening, and he said it was totally his decision. Of course, he's known as the architect of a really potent triple option offense there on the flats, and he's done great things, leading Georgia Tech to an ACC championship at one point, and they won an Orange Bowl a couple years ago over Mississippi State. And Paul Johnson leaving Tech after 11 years at the ACC school, which is where he compiled a 82-59 and 59 record at Georgia Tech and had eight bowl appearances and three trips to the league championship game. Not sure what Georgia Tech's going to do now from an offensive standpoint. Will they stick with the triple option? Not many coaches out there really know it. Or will they go and be more like just about every college in major football and go to more of a passing offense? We shall see. But Paul Johnson leaving Georgia Tech, a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a hell of an engineer. Hey, talk about determination. We told you earlier in the week how in Mississippi they had the special election for U.S. Senator. And a Mississippi man and his wife went in to vote on Election Day Tuesday. And the man actually died while casting his ballot in Macomb, Mississippi. Well, his wife would not be deterred. And so she went back later to cast her ballot in what election officials have called a testament to her sense of civic responsibility. Wow, that's quite a quite a statement there for this couple there in South Mississippi. Emmett Booth was coming into the South Macomb Baptist Church in South Mississippi to vote when he collapsed, and the man working the polls said that he felt him stop breathing, and he was taken to the hospital where he died officially, and his wife, Marie, certainly, of course, sad her husband died, but she ended up returning to the precinct later in the day to vote in Pike County, Mississippi, and talk about being determined to get that vote in, even after your husband passes away. We're now to the D-U-M-M section of our y'all headlines across the region. And this one's just disturbing. A Thanksgiving argument over NFL players kneeling during the national anthem leads to a shooting. And this happened in North Carolina. Jorge's Luis Valencia Lamrati of Cary, North Carolina, was charged with a felony count of assault with a deadly weapon inflicting serious injury according to an arrest report in Cary, and he was arrested after allegedly shooting his son after a Thanksgiving argument about NFL players kneeling. Police responded to a call about a gunshot and an argument taking place at home there in Cary, and he shot his son, Esteban Marley Valencia, age 21, and this followed that argument and a physical incident during the dinner, according to investigators. And no surprise, Valencia had been drinking and had a physical altercation with several people inside the home, family members told police, and just a bad situation there. Drinking and getting a hot temper, they just don't mix. And then you mix in football, and then you mix in politics, talking about kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah, it can happen. Now, hopefully his son's going to be okay. I don't have a report on his condition 
at this point. But, yeah, not a good situation there in Cary, North Carolina, with this father shooting his son over players kneeling during the National Anthem. And to be frank, that whole brouhaha is not quite as strong as it once was. Remember, only about two or three players are doing it still, one of which plays not far from Cary in Charlotte for the Carolina Panthers. And he's the only player on the team that does it, and he looks kind of like a, a silly goose out there. But if he wants to do it, if he wants to endure the the agony of fans, then he's welcome to Eric Reed is who I'm talking about, player for the Panthers. And I think the other players are with the Miami Dolphins, who I don't even know their name, and I, I shouldn't even know that guy's name because he's really not doing that great. I saw the Panthers game over the weekend where they blew a game to Seattle, and I think he made one decent play all day. They brought him in from San Francisco, which is where he started kneeling alongside Colin Kaepernick, his buddy with the San Francisco 49ers when they were together a couple of years ago. You can't have D-U-M-M headlines without including Florida, right? That's the home of the at least the dumbest headlines across the South. I won't call Florida the home of the dumbest people, but the stupidest headlines somehow always trace back to Florida, it, it appears. And here is one that is an example A of what I'm talking about. A woman in the Sunshine State is accused of pulling a knife on a man after he complained she, quote, cover your ears, little ones. She pulled a knife on a man after he complained that she farted loudly. I hope I can say that on the air. <laughs> I just did. Yes, this happened in Broward County. And Jeanette Yvette Wilson, a 37-year-old there in Broward County, was arrested and charged with aggravated assault without intent to kill after she reportedly did what she, she, she did her, her noise in a dollar store and then pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. <laughs> okay, so if you've got to do such a thing, and she's alleged to do it, do you, do you have to do it in a dollar store out in public? And, and this happened in Dania Beach, Florida, and she allegedly passed gas and then got into a verbal dispute with John Walker, a customer right next to her. And Wilson then is accused of pulling a small lockback knife from her purse, opening the knife and telling Walker she was going to gut him, according to the police report. Wilson was then arrested and taken to jail in Pompano Beach. Bail set at $2,500 for Shanette Yvette Wilson. Don't come near me when I'm in my dollar store, Shanette Yvette because it might not be a good thing for you if you pull the, your, your little tricks. Just don't pull her finger. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I, I, come on, it's, that's funny. I don't care who you are. All right, keeping the, the fun going, but a little bit more classy. Stay classy, my friends. Our final headline from the region comes from the natural state. And how about this? In Little Rock, they're getting ready for the ugly sweater race. Tis the season to be tacky. Do you have an ugly sweater? I do. I actually do. But it's not really a sweater. Nowadays, because of, I guess, screen printing, you can take a sweatshirt, which is what I have, and it's sold at my alma mater's actual gift shop. It's just a basic sweatshirt, but they put the ugly sweater artwork design on a sweatshirt, and it ends up looking like an ugly sweater when it's actually just a sweatshirt, not a sweater. I'm proud of my Citadel Blue Cadet, Christmassy looking, but not really sweatshirt. 
<laughs> I wore it to a, a football game last year. Got a lot of compliments, even from the hated Clemson fans that I was there to oppose. They were like, hey, cool shirt. And it is cool. Maybe I should tweet out a picture of it sometime. But, yeah, if you've got an ugly sweatshirt or sweater, then you need to find yourself in Little Rock on Sunday, December 16th at the outlets of Little Rock at 11201 Bass Pro Parkway because that's where the Little Little Rock Marathon is gearing up for its inaugural ugly sweater race. And it is a project of Little Rock Marathon there at the outlets of Little Rock. It begins at 8 a.m. and features a 5K run and walk, a kid's dash photos with Santa, and post-race refreshments. The holiday-themed fun run offers participants an opportunity to test their fitness while supporting Little Rock Parks and Recreation. But nowhere does I, am I reading here that you have to wear your ugly sweater, but that would be really cool if you had an entire 5K of folks in their ugly Christmas attire. That would be cool. A lot of people go all over the country for these 5Ks and marathons. And as a guy who's never ran in a marathon in his life, I, I, I guess I'm envious. But I just think that I'd, I don't think I could make it. I, I, of course, I was forced to PT in college and go on long runs, a couple miles long, and do all that kind of stuff. And so I'm a little gun shy when it comes to long runs. I, I somehow got through the required, what was it, two or two and a half mile run in a certain amount of time to pass my PT test to get through ROTC requirements and such. But when you want to talk about running for 26 miles in a marathon, I don't think I could do it. And frankly, a lot of people who I know who have done that kind of stuff, I'm not sure they're in worse shape than I am right now. A lot of people have knee issues. A lot of people, uh, one guy that I know was super infatuated with being an Ironman where they do running, swimming, and riding a bike. And he got so dehydrated at a race that he should have probably should have died. He, he didn't, thankfully, but he's still having issues with that. And he looks like he's 20 years older than me, okay? And not that I'm some kind of young-looking spring chicken, but, geez, you would think if you're that heavy into exercising, you'd look a lot better looking than me, who basically, I'll admit, I do nothing when it comes to exercising. But I know I should. I know I should. Here in the South, we all should at least walk. Walk a little bit, get off our, our fannies and, and go out and see the wonderful region that we live in. If for no other reason, look, look, and I'm a perfect example of this. I have two parents that are both diabetic. They are type 2. They got it later in life. I know that diabetes is probably going to be something I have to deal with in my life sooner than later. But you know what? I could be doing a better job of delaying that inevitable just by walking, just by maybe eating healthier. I'm not a, a fat, you know what? I'm not too overweight, but according to the official indicators, I am obese. And I'm only saying this because I'm, I'm sure many of you listening probably fall in similar categories. In the South, we have an obesity problem. Most of our states are leaders in obesity and not being the states that you go out and exercise like you should. And we're in a part of the country that has arguably the best weather. It's a sad statement when people in really cold states like Vermont and New Hampshire and let's say Michigan, where in the wintertime you can't go out and run around the neighborhood. I don't think you can. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard. 
if I lived up there in the wintertime, I would be twice as obese as I am now because I know what I would do. I would binge. I would sit there and eat junk food all day long because I wouldn't want to get out in the, in the cold and in the snow. But in the South, we don't really have that as an excuse. So what, what, were we just lazy? And I, I'll raise my hand and say, yeah, I think there's some laziness certainly is a big factor in all of that. So we, we just got to do a better job. However, if you want to do a better job and you want to get in the Christmas spirit, then go to the Ugly Sweater Race coming up in Little Rock on December 16th at the outlets of Little Rock. Wear your sweater vest, wear your sweater, ugly sweater, and show everybody that you're just, you're just happy about the Yuletide and you're happy to get out there and participate in a little 5K run and, and walk, all right? Well, we are an ambassador of all things Southern here on, on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some great events going around in the region in our festive south. And, and now that we're in the holiday spirit, and there's a lot of holiday events going on in, across the region. And we'll tell you about that. And before we get out of here for the hour, we're going to be joined by Sally Erickson of Bellingrath Gardens and Home in Lower Alabama, not far from Mobile and Theodore. And she's going to tell us about magic Christmas and lights going on right now through the end of December at Bellingrath. Truly a wonderful place. It'll get you in the Christmas spirit, y'all. And she'll be here later this hour to tell you all about it here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a South Ron accent. Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 Thank You for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 Thank You at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for Unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 Thank You for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee restrictions apply. Back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl and this, our Festive South feature. We're going to quickly zip through a few holiday-related events going on around the region that you need to put on your calendar and get to, most of which these go through at least most of December. So here we go with a listing of a lot of events to check out. In Gatlinburg and then Pigeon Forge in Tennessee right now, the Smoky Mountain Winterfest is taking place. Go to SmokiesFun.com. That's S-M-O-K-I-E-S-F-U-N.com. Check that out. That actually lasts until the end of February. 
as you have Smokies fun going on in East Tennessee. In Selma, North Carolina, running through December 29th, is the American Music Jubilee Down Home Christmas Show. RudyTheater.com is the website to learn more about that event. Lookout Mountain, Georgia's got Enchanted Garden of Lights running through the end of December. And you can go to SeaRockCity.com slash events for more info on Enchanted Garden of Lights. Sounds like a lot of fun. If you can get up to Lookout Mountain and make sure your brakes are good. Last time I went up there, I was kind of scared. And that's coming down Lookout Mountain right there at Chattanooga. Make sure you, you check your brakes out before you go, go to Lookout Mountain and the Enchanted Garden of Lights. But if you get there, you'll have a great time for sure. Norfolk, Virginia right now through the end of December has Holidays in the City. Holidaysinthecity.net is the website to go to to learn more about this really cool event there in the Tidewater area of the Old Dominion. In Stone Mountain, Georgia at Stone Mountain Park, they have Snow Mountain that lasts through February 24th. Of course, Stone Mountain with so many awesome events year-round, but right now, Snow Mountain. Get everybody in the car and head over to Stone Mountain and really, really get in the Christmas spirit there with Snow Mountain. Fairmount, West Virginia right now, they've got the Celebration of Lights going on at Fairmont. And it's celebrationoflightswv.com for more information. That lasts through December 28th. And here's one going on only until the 15th of December. Christmas in Collierville, Tennessee. Go to collierville.com for more. Just a lovely place just east of Memphis in West Tennessee. Again, that lasts through November, or rather December 15th. Christmas in Collierville, right in Shelby County, East Shelby County, in not far from, what is it, Fayette County? right there in Tennessee. And finally, we want to tell you about something that's going on this weekend only in our lovely town of Beaufort, North Carolina. We featured them early this summer on the Y'all Show for an event going on at that time of year. But Beaufort, North Carolina, which its website is maritimefriends.org, they're hosting the Crystal Coast Christmas Flotilla this Saturday in Beaufort, North Carolina. So if you are listening to us and you've got a boat and you want to show it off, Head to Beaufort there near Moorhead City for the Crystal Coast Christmas Flotilla. I bet that would be a beautiful sight this time of year. And check it out there for all of our friends in eastern North Carolina. When we come back, we're going to tell you about what's going on near Mobile at Bellingrath Gardens and Home in Theodore. It's the Magic Christmas and Lights, and Sally Erickson from Bellingrath will be our special guest next, right here on The Y'all Show. Fragrance makes for dreamy holiday gifts, and Ulta Beauty is the place to get them. So gift your impossible-to-impress daughter an irresistible scent from Clinique My Happy. And gift your hard-to-please sister a fruity and floral scent from KKW Fragrance. And then get ready to gift yourself, too. Because when you buy a fragrance of $50 or more, you'll get a free plush throw or luxury robe for having the good sense to gift great scents. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose-N-L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose-N-L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose-N-L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Use as directed.
And welcome back to the Thursday Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. That's what we do here on the program, and we love our part of the world, and we have so many amazing places to go and so many places to see year-round, but one place that you should go anytime during the year, but especially at this time of year, is Bellingrath Gardens and Home, and that is in Theodore, Alabama. And from that property here in our Dixie destination for the week, we welcome in the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Bellingrath, Sally Erickson. She's our special guest right now on the Y'all Show. Hello, Sally. Hi, Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to all y'all. Well, I've been hearing about this a long time. You don't have to be too far. Well, you don't have to be. You can be far away, I guess is what I'm trying to say, from Mobile, Alabama and South Alabama to hear about Bellingrath and what y'all do at Christmas but let's let's let, let, let's keep in the biz. They call this a tease. We're going to talk about the incredible light display you have. Three million lights there at Bellingrath. But first, let's let people know what Bellingrath actually is. What is the history of your property, Sally? Well, sure. Um, the Bellingrath was founded, or, well, officially opened to the public in 1932 by Walter and Bessie Bellingrath, and um, it's. Uh, just an absolutely beautiful 65-acre garden and historic home. The home was completed in 1935, and um, we have guided tours of the home, and then the garden tour is a self-guided walking tour. And um, it's just an absolutely gorgeous place. It has blooms and beauty every day of the year. So we who work at Bellingrath are very proud to continue this wonderful legacy that the Bellingrath has left for us in South Mobile County. Now, you, you mentioned the home was built in the 30s, and then they donated in the 30s. So that's a little unusual for something to happen that quickly. Well, it's interesting. They were living on the property when they ended up opening it up for the public to visit. So ah. they would have interesting new guests at dinner sometimes because Mr. Bellagraph liked to walk around and meet people who had come to see his garden and invite them to dinner. So they were very generous people during their lifetimes, and it's extremely generous that they left this for people to enjoy into perpetuity because, um, you know, they could have given it to their heirs, and they decided to set it up and leave it for the public. Now, Bellingrath is a private property. It's not tied in with a local tourism office or anything like that, right? That's right. We're very dependent for our operations on ticket sales. So um, this is one reason we started doing Magic Christmas in Life was um, it was a chance to get people to come and enjoy the gardens during the winter. And uh, it's turned out to be our busiest season, as you can imagine, because it's just so beautiful, and everyone loves coming and walking through and seeing all the lights during the holidays. All right. Well, let's talk about Magic Christmas and Lights. This is the 23rd year of this incredible display at Bellingrath Gardens and Homes in South Alabama. And Theodore, by the way, it's hard to pull this off, but you all are located south of Mobile, Alabama. And a lot of people don't realize that Mobile, yeah, it's on the Gulf Coast, but not really. There's actually a few miles south of Mobile, and that's just where Bellingrath happens to fall over there. I guess you would be southwest of downtown Mobile is where Bellingrath is? Right, right. We are on Fowl River. Okay. Um, and uh, so from downtown Mobile, it takes about exactly 30 minutes to get to Bellingrath. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, so it's really not a bad drive, and um, I just do think some people don't realize, you know, how long it takes. So yeah. you just factor that drive time in. Now, some people might be familiar with Dolphin Island. Are you on the main road that connects Dolphin Island to Mobile? We are. It's, uh, it's about a 20-minute drive additionally to get to Dolphin Island from Bellingrad, so okay. I always encourage people to do both when they can. All right. Well, I honestly, I have to admit, Sally, 
I'm ashamed. I have not been to your property, but I should be there. I should go there. I love that part of lower Alabama, and it's it's just amazing with the Spanish moss and you're you're not you you know you're not going to have humongous waves in that part of Alabama like you might find in California, but you're going to have a wonderful surf and beautiful sand, and then inland where you all are located, you got the old the kind of a coastal setting, and it's just a lovely place, and that's a reason that Bellingrass property is is an amazing place. This is the 23rd season, as we said, of the Magic Christmas and Lights, and you have 1,100 set pieces to go along with your 3 million lights and 15 scenes of Christmas at Bellingrass. Now, what is 1,100 set pieces? What is that? How do you describe what that is? Well, these are all pieces that are designed and welded and lamped right here at Bellingraph by our staff. So it's all designed to fit into the botanical garden surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are all pieces that are included in terms of the nativity scene has 30 pieces oh. with the camel and the sheep, things like that. And um, so uh, we just kind of tallied up the numbers over the years because it's just fun to show people, you know, just how much goes into putting this on. This is a made-in-Alabama production, and it's just one beautiful scene after another. You just walk through it with your family, and you ooh and ah, and you go around the corner, and then you ooh and ah some more, take pictures, just have a really nice evening, uh, and no one has to be in a hurry. You don't have to zip through like you would at a drive-through light show. You walk, and there are plenty of places to stop and rest. And we also have wheelchairs and wagons available for a $5 rental fee for the little ones or for older folks who need a wheelchair. So it's all meant to be a lovely evening of family entertainment. Now, one of the reasons we're featuring Bell and Grath Guards at Home on the Y'all Show is because this is not just a one-day event. This goes on all the way through December 31st. It happens every night from 5 until 9 p.m. You can come in and what is the admittance fee for entering Bellingrath? Well, it's $16 for adults and $8 for ages 5 through 12. Okay. Um, it is free for ages 4 and younger. It's also free for Bellingrath members. So oh. if you come on the property and purchase a Bellingrath membership, your ticket is included in that membership that same day. Well, and then the membership is good for a full year. So that's a really great gift for someone on your list who's hard to buy for. And how much is a membership at Bellingrath? Well, it depends on if you want to do a family or if you want to do a couple or a single. Um, it's sliding fees, and there's information about membership on our website, which is bellingrass.org. Mm-hmm. You can also go to our website and buy tickets ahead of time, or you can purchase tickets to Magic Christmas and Lights when you arrive. Both are very easy to do. Now, when you do purchase online, the ticket comes out with a date stamped on it. Ah. That ticket is still good for any night of Magic Christmas and Lights. If your plans change, if you can't go on that date, don't worry about it. The only night we're closed between now and December 31st is Christmas Day, December 25th. And as you said, we're open every night, rain or shine, from 5 to 9 p.m. We're talking with Sally Erickson with Bellingrath Garden and Home, and that is in Theodore, Alabama. Bellingrath, by the way, and you can go to the website, bellingrath.org, for a lot more information. It's spelled B-E-L-L-I-N-G-R-A-T-H, Bellingrath. I didn't learn that word growing up in school. I don't know why, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I should have because you all are doing a great job, and you're going you're gonna to be like a Google. You're going to create a, your whole word in the English language, Bellingrath, and people will put a smile on their face when they think of Bellingrath because that's what you do each and every holiday season when you have the magic Christmas 
in lights. Now, Sally, this tour, unlike other holiday tours that happen with lights around the southeast, this is a walking tour, not a tour you ride around in your own car, right? That's right. And um, I do think there's a little bit of concern with some people worried about walking a great distance. So I did want to reiterate that uh, there are plenty of places to stop and rest during the walking tour. I also wanted to remind people that we have free parking. So when you arrive, you just come to the admissions building and check in either with your prepaid ticket or you purchase your tickets there. And then you can start your walk and you can uh, take as long or as short as you like. Most people take about an hour to walk through the whole thing. There's a nice uh, place to stop and get hot chocolate and popcorn at the uh, halfway point, which is Live Oak Plaza next to the Bellingrad home. Mm-hmm. And uh, most nights for the first three weeks of Magic Christmas and Lights, we will have choral groups from all around the Gulf Coast performing on the South Terrace. And those are free concerts included in your garden's admission. That's so a- I encourage people to look at the schedule on our website and uh, pick a night to come and see some of your favorite musicians coming and performing. That's that's good stuff there. Now, Sally, what if you show up there, you think you're in great health, but after a couple hundred yards of walking, you're like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can make it. Do you all have wheelchairs or something like that available for folks? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can bring your own wheelchair or you can rent one. There's okay. a little tent right beside the entrance where you can stop and rent wheelchairs and wagons very quick and easy. Okay. I knew y'all had this down. Again, this is your 23rd year of putting on magic Christmas and lights at Bellingrath Gardens and Home in lower Alabama. And again, other than Christmas Day, it's open all the way nightly through December 31st. The hours are 5 to 9 p.m. You can go online, get your tickets at bellingrath.org or show up in person. And like like Sally said, you can come. You can even come hungry. Y'all have something called the Magnolia Cafe open for hot evening meals from 4 to 8 p.m. They got the menu posted on the bellingrath.org website. Singing going on and much, much more. It will put you in the holiday spirit. And sometimes, Sally, I act like a Scrooge. And so I need to come to (laughs) Bellingrath. I haven't got to a Scrooge level yet in 2018, but if I start feeling that way, I'm pointing my car right to your front gate and getting in the spirit with magic Christmas and lights. Does that sound like a deal? Oh, you absolutely need to come. There is nothing like it to put you in the holiday spirit. And it's funny you said that because you'd think that those of us who do magic Christmas all year long at Bellingrath would be a little scroogey this time of year. And it's the opposite. We are just so excited to see everybody, and uh, everyone's been working so hard to put this show on. And it's just such a wonderful time to come and visit Bellingrath. All right. Well, you can't get down there between now and the end of the year for the Magic Christmas and Lights. Sally, what should we do? Why should we be putting Bellingrath on our planner in the new year? What do you have going on in 2019 beyond the next Magic Christmas and Lights that would make us show up in Theodore and see what you got going on there? Oh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, We have programs every single Wednesday in the months of January and February. We call them Winter Wednesdays. They are different um, seminars, workshops, uh, lectures, uh, different events like that on Wednesday mornings. And most of them are at 1030, but we do have one that I'm especially excited about, Viewing the Winter Sky. And uh, I don't have the date right in front of me, but it's on our website um, I encourage everyone to check that out and put that on the calendar now and plan to come to viewing the winter sky. That will be a really neat evening on the Great Lawn with experts from the University of South Alabama's physics department who will have telescopes 
and everyone will be able to take turns looking at the different constellations and stars and uh, learn a little something about what you're looking at. So that's going to be a really special program. We also, of course, have our annual Easter egg hunt coming up. We will have the um, Community Classic Open Car Show the first Saturday in April. That's with our friends with the Mobile Bay Mustang Club. Hmm. And then we also have programs in the summer. So we have a lot of different events all year long at Bell and Grass. Now, Sally, when are we going to see our first, uh, generally, I know you're not a maybe the uh, forecaster of all things flowers, but if you had to forecast, when should people start showing up to see the blooming flowers of springtime, azaleas, and things like that? Well, you know, a lot of it depends on how severe a winter we have. Uh, last year, if you will recall, we had about five days um, where we where the temperature never went above freezing. And then in late February, early March, we had the most spectacular azalea season I've seen in a while. Really? So it does seem to be related to the weather. But another thing to note is we will always have something pretty to look at, regardless of the weather. Okay. Now, of course, a lot of people love to come and see the azaleas. Uh, we also have beautiful tulips hyacinths, uh, other spring blooms throughout March and April. And then, of course, the rose garden just goes nuts in late April, and uh-huh. that is such a pretty area. So there's always something to see. I assume a lot of people can come out there and take photos, maybe even have photos for, like, weddings and stuff like that on your property? Oh, yeah. Um, we encourage people to differentiate, though. If you want to come with a professional photographer and take photos that may be for commercial use or for a, an event such as a wedding or a family reunion, where you need to set up and have props, things like that, that would fall under the category of uh, a photo session that you want to schedule with us, and there is a fee. Now, for anyone who just is a casual amateur photographer and just wants to come in, take a few snapshots here and there, no problem at all. We welcome that. All right. I figured y'all would be a, a lovely spot, and, and certainly Bell and Grab, not too far off of Interstate 10. If you're down in that part of Alabama, very easy to get to. And coming in from the north, from Montgomery and, and on into Birmingham, it's easy to shoot down I-65 and get into the Mobile area. And, hey, it's a wonderful place to go. And then maybe work yourself a whole weekend or a couple of days in the Mobile area with so many sites and attractions. And you're not far from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. If you have to cross that border and go to a casino, you're only, what, 45 minutes from a Biloxi casino, right? That's right, yeah, and then we're only about two, a little over two hours from New Orleans. So, yeah, yeah, you could plan a whole weekend or week on the Gulf Coast, and there's plenty to see and do. I live in downtown Mobile. We have great restaurants. We have great attractions, as you mentioned. I especially recommend the History Museum and um, Gulf Quest, the Maritime Museum, right there on the waterfront. Mobile is a great place to visit, and Bellingrath is uh, one of its very best attraction. And of course, Mobile, you can give a plug here, the home of Mardi Gras in America, and that'll be coming up pretty soon too, right? That's right. I believe it's in early February this year when all the excitement hits, and uh, so we always look forward to that. It's just a sort of special extra season that we are lucky enough to have in Mobile, and uh, all the balls and all the parades, it's just so much fun. Y'all do anything Mardi Gras related at Bellingrath? Well, we will um, sometimes emphasize connections with um, the Bell and Grafts and their history uh-huh. to prominent Mardi Gras figures, and we'll have a little display in the Bell and Grafts home. All right. Well, it's Bell and Graf in Lower Alabama, Theodore, Alabama, to be exact. We encourage you to go to the website for Bell and Graf. That's bellandgraf.org, B-E-L-L-I-N-G-R-A-T-H. And right now, it's the magic Christmas and lights going on at Bell and Graf through the end of the year. 
And we want to let military folks know that Military Monday discounts are for tickets during this Magic Christmas and Light season. And this is available to anyone with a military ID. And dates are December 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th for Military Monday discounts. So a great feature there if you wear the uniform or you're retired with a military ID. Bellingrath wants to have you show up and witness the spectacular scene there in Theodore. Sally Erickson, our special guest today, thank you for letting us know more about what you have going on, and Merry Christmas to you. Well, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you. All right. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we'll move into Hour 2. We're going to talk SEC football. You know, they know a little bit about football in Alabama, where Bell and Grath is located. And speaking of that state, the Crimson Tide will be playing for another SEC championship well, they didn't get one last year. The team that won it last year, <coughs> the Georgia Bulldogs, that's who the Tide's playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday. We'll preview that game, and we'll have some more good SEC talk. We'll even talk about the Vanderbilt Commodores, and our special guest is going to be Adam Sparks from the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville, Tennessee. And Adam covers the Vanderbilt Commodores, who are going bowling, by the way. And he covers all things SEC. So Adam will be our special guest when we have our SEC spotlight in hour two. Don't go anywhere. This is the All Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. two of this the thursday y'all talk with a southern accent glad to have you back aboard for another exciting showcase of all things southern john rawl you can find me on twitter personally my my twitter account is at john rawl that's j-o-n-r-a-w-l rawl rhymes with y'all yeah and i promise you that's not something i made up that's what the good lord he made me a rawl y'all <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's my Twitter account. Of course, the Y'all Show Twitter account is at Y'all Show, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. And we have good stuff. We link out every day each new episode. So if you need a reminder of, uh, golly, I missed that Y'all Show on the radio or I missed it in my podcast feed, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll get a link each day when our new show is available for listening. So that's we're just doing the hard work for you, but we're glad to do it here. Coming up later this hour, we'll have our SEC Spotlight, as we do on Thursdays, and we're going to welcome in Adam Sparks of the Tennessean newspaper in Nashville. That's the gigantic newspaper that covers Tennessee, and he is the Vanderbilt Commodores beat writer. He's also a SEC reporter for the Tennessean and Gannett, and he's going to come on and talk about the SEC championship this, this weekend between Georgia and Alabama. He's going to talk about the bowl-bound Vanderbilt Commodore football team. He's going to talk about the head coach of the Vanderbilt football team possibly possibly being courted by another college right now. 
and he's going to give us an update on Vandy basketball. All that ahead with Adam Sparks of the Tennessean. Right now on the show, we're going to have something right in time, just in the nick of time for the holiday, and that is our Buy the Book feature, where we look at books and offerings for you to check out for yourself or maybe for a loved one or friend or if you got a boss that you just got to buy something for but you don't really want to. Well, books are a pretty good option. They, they really are. And look, we need to do all we can to promote the English language, and books are a good way to do that. We're going to go to the Amazon bestsellers list, the listing of roughly 100 of the top-selling books on Amazon. These are sorted not by popularity or this based purely on what sells. And you're going to see books on here oftentimes that have been on here for a long time, some of which aren't even what I call real books. They're more like illustration books or kids' books, but they sell. Therefore, they make it on the Amazon bestsellers list. Well, the first book, the book at number one, and kudos to the former first lady, Michelle Obama's Becoming a Runaway Bestseller right now, as it's on hardcover and more, and it's been out a couple of weeks. And I remember when this was announced, this book was coming out, they said it would be a number one book, and, and sure enough, there it is, Michelle Obama Becoming. Great picture of her on the cover, and that is the number one book right now on Amazon.com. Number four on the latest Amazon list is Girl, Wash Your Face, Stop Believing the Lies. That is from Rachel Hollis. I don't really know what that book's about. I could click and learn more, but hey, I'm being distracted by what's coming up at number five and number six on the Amazon bestseller list. And this is something I told you would be perfect for that, uh, let's call it a, a an associate, because I don't know if you want to give these kind of books to your closest friends or family members or loved ones, but they're a cool thing to have, and it's not something that someone would look down upon you for giving. I don't think. I don't think. But here we go. Number five on the Amazon list is Skinny Taste One and Done 140 No-Fuss Dinners from Gina Hamolka. That looks like a very simple cookbook with all kinds of good choices there. 140 No-Fuss Dinners. Skinny Taste One and Done. Sounds great. Now, if th- this next book doesn't promise the, the skinny word in its title, but it looks like a, a really good choice. It's called Instant Pot Pressure Cooker Cut Cookbook. 500 Recipes Quick and Easy. And that is from Jennifer Smith. So if you want to have an instant pot cookbook, this book out is a good choice for you. Now, here is the hardest working author in the South, at least, and I, I kind of say that in jest. I cannot believe that she actually writes this stuff all by herself, but she's listed as the author, so we'll give Joanna Gaines some love here on the Y'all Show, and my own mother is the recipient of one of these two books, as I saw it when I was at home the other day in South Carolina. The number seven book on Amazon's selling bestseller books is Homebody, A Guide to Creating Spaces You Never Want to Leave from Joanna Gaines. That came out back on November 6th, and she walks you through how to create a home that reflects the personalities and stories of the people who live there from Joanna Gaines. So check it out. That is from Harper Design. That's the publisher of that book. 352 pages. Joanna Gaines is the co-founder of Magnolia, a home and lifestyle brand based in Waco, Texas, 
which she started with her husband, Chip Gaines, in 2003. And they've written all kind of best-selling books. And this is her latest one called Homebody, A Guide to Creating Spaces You Never Want to Leave. She sure likes white in her designs. If you ever get a book of hers or see her stuff, white is a is, is the most common thing I think you see from a color standpoint. And I like that. White is a it's, it's, it's obviously the natural, I guess, starting point when it comes to colors. You know what's white, then you can accent it with all kinds of colors. But she has that kind of classy black and white color scheme going on with a lot of her stuff. And I've never watched her show. I, I'll be honest. But, God, you, can't escape, you cannot escape her. Not just because of what she's doing on the book side of things. But if you are like me and you're ever on the Internet, you'll see something pop up that's obviously fake news, some kind of fake website, but it'll be like, don't, 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 Joanna Gaines, you know, the, 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 it almost looks like it's a landmine for her career. If you click on it, you'll see how terrible she really is. I, I'm just saying, I don't know how good or bad she really is or not, but boy, she's a, a big celebrity right now in the, I guess, food network or whatever network she's on. See it? I kind of get a little credit here. I don't even know what network the Gaines' show airs on, but I know who they are when I see them not only on TV. You see the stuff pop up on the Internet. You see billboards all over the South with their, I guess, collection that they have in furniture stores around the, the country. The Gaines and Joanna specifically, a big name. And that's not the only book she's got in the top ten. I just told you about Homebody. Well, here's a book that my my mother has. It's right there. It's like the centerpiece when you go to my parents' home in South Carolina. This one came back out in April, so it's been on the shelves about seven months. But Magnolia Table, a collection of recipes for gathering. And that is out uh, a number one New York Times bestseller from Joanna Gaines. So she's, man, she's she's on Fuego, in Fuego or whatever that's called as this Waco Texan doing amazing things with her books in addition to everything else going on in her life. Now to another book out that uh, we've told you about before from sort of a South Carolinian, Stephen Colbert. He grew up in Charleston, but went to college at Northwestern near Chicago. And of course, he's the host of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Well, the staff of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert has a goofy little cartoonish looking book out that continues to be a big selling production. It came out November 6th. It's called Whose Boat Is This Boat? Comments That Don't Help in the Aftermath of a Hurricane. And it's got a goofy thing of Donald Trump there on the cover of it. So we'll we'll give them credit. It's number 10 right now on the Amazon bestsellers list. Now I want to go through and, and scan this for a second and see if I see any books that have a obvious Southern connection. Hey, if we're going to give Colbert his team some love. How about Fox News? As Steve Ducci has the Happy Cookbook, a celebration of the food that makes America smile. And that came out in October. Got a picture of Ducci and his wife. Of course, his son also works there at Fox News Channel. And that book right now doing well. Number 17 on the Amazon list. I don't think he's from the South, but they love to come South every chance they get on Fox News. Here's a Mississippian slash Arkansan slash Virginian John Grisham and The Reckoning, a novel right now at number 23 on the bestsellers list. And this book, of course, came out in October. A novel, The Reckoning, good book from John Grisham. Man, he can he can turn them out for sure. 
And our last book with a Southern connection that we want to tell you about here on the Y'all Show is we have our buy the books, uh, buy the book feature here is from Delia Owens. And her book is called Where the Crawdads Sing. We've told you about this before. Number one New York Times bestseller. And it is a book that's been out, oh, let's see, it came out a couple months back and continues to do well for this relatively new writer. And she's been only, I think this is her first effort. Came out August is when this book came out from Delia Owens, her first novel, and continues to do well. Well, the Crawdads Sing out right now. And that is a little listing of various books for you to check out here in our Buy the Book feature of the Y'all Show. Okay, we're going to live by the book of the SEC when we come back with Adam Sparks of the Tennessean. He'll be our guest to tell you all about this weekend's SEC championship game in Atlanta, Georgia. And he's also going to tell us about the bowl-bound Vanderbilt Commodores. Anchor down, Vandy fans. You're going bowling. And a lot of good things going on on West End in Nashville, Tennessee. We'll tell you about it with Adam when we return to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 Thank You for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 Thank You at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for Unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 Thank You for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee restrictions apply. The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by Dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by Dell for more Cyber Week deals. I used to post to job boards. Only to sort through tons of resumes. Just to find a few candidates for... My sales team. My hair salons. That old process was... Not not smart. smart. Then I went to ZipRecruiter. Its technology scans resumes for me to find the right people. And actively invites them to apply. So I get qualified candidates fast. Smart. See why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Based on trust pilot rating of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews. And we're back on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, 
John Rawl, the show that talks news, it talks politics, we talk food, barbecue, grits, we talk, what else, we music, lots of music here on the Y'all Show, of course, and of course we cover sports, and when you're talking sports in the fall, in the south, hey, you're thinking college football, right? Well, yes you are, and this is a big week in the Southeastern Conference, and this is our Southeastern Conference Spotlight here on the Y'all Show, and we go to Nashville, Music City, USA, for our next guest. We have from the Tennessean.com and the Tennessean newspaper, Adam Sparks. He covers all things Vanderbilt Commodores and the SEC, the pride of Decatur County, Tennessee, a West Tennessean joining us here on the Y'all Show. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the Y'all Show. Hey, good to be on. I finally found a place where my accent fits in. This is good. Yeah, well, you are you are certainly welcome, and I'm proud to know that the Tennessean is not discriminating against those with a southern accent. Way to go, <laughs> Gannett. Isn't Gannett the owner of the Tennessean? It, it is. It is. I'm the... Uh... Uh, I'm I'm the token redneck of the uh, of the newsroom. They keep me along for that, I suppose. That's great. Well, we love rednecks here. Now, Decatur County is right on the Tennessee River in West Tennessee, right on the border. What uh, what community you're from there? Let's give them out a shout out on our affiliate in that area, WTGAS FM ninety three point one. Yeah, I'm Decaturville is where I claim it's all Decatur County. Decaturville's the county seat, so right. that's that's where I'm from. But it's uh it's 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 not a big place, so. If you, if you blink when you're driving through there, uh, you may miss it. So you're from Decaturville, not Parsons? Uh, I, I claim either. So the high school was in Parsons, okay. but I'm from Decaturville. It's all it's all one place. That's why usually anybody from Decatur County doesn't say they're from Decaturville or Parsons. They just say, I'm from Decatur County, which you get that, I guess, a lot in the south when places aren't big enough. You just, you just pronounce the entire county as your home. Well, let's support Vanderbilt and Nashville here because of the Vanderbilt connection with this company. How many Dollar Generals you got there in Decaturville, and how many you got in Parsons? Uh, at Dollar General, they, they built a new one in Decaturville, okay. so it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and I, think but, there, I think there's still one in Parsons. Now, in Mount Juliet, they have built a new one down the road from me, too. I th- if, if that's how you measure uh, a southern community, Dollar Generals, then uh, Decatur County, I think, is two, and uh, where I'm at right now is trying to catch up. Uh, well, I don't want you to I, lose. I, I usually I usually count it by Sonics, by the way. There's uh, one Sonic in Decatur County. Well, I, I was I was actually just trying to shout out to Vanderbilt. Isn't there a connection with Dollar General and Vanderbilt? Isn't the founder, owner, or whatever a Vanderbilt alum? Yeah, well, in the uh, Dollar General headquarters is just north of Nashville. Okay. So yeah, so you got that connection. Yeah. All right. Well, I know they've been supporters. Uh, Cal Turner, a 1962 Vanderbilt graduate is the CEO or was the CEO of Dollar General from 65 to 2003. So I guess we can claim Vanderbilt is the reason Dollar General has their black and gold color scheme. Adam, let's talk about the black and gold of Vanderbilt. They're in the news right now for something going on potentially at the University of Colorado or CU, I believe is what they call it out there. And that's Derek Mason, the head coach of the Vanderbilt football team. What's going on with him? He's being rumored to be a potential prospect on Colorado's coaching search list. Yeah, I believe SB Nation was the first one to report uh, Derek uh, Derek Mason as a possible candidate or connected there. Some attention coming his way. Um, I, I had actually uh, text uh, Derek the other day and and said, you know, what's you got a few options here. Do you wanna do you wanna acknowledge this? Do you wanna ignore it? Because obviously coaches take it in a few different ways. And uh, Derek basically commented that you know he's. He's happy at Vandy and he's excited about the future and all these things, uh, but he's just not going to really pay that much attention to it. 
reading between the lines, that means he, he didn't say no or he didn't say I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, the, what I take from that is he, he needs to flex a little bit of his leverage that he has. Um, you know, anybody that knows anything at all about Vandy knows that there's decades and decades of losing until James Franklin. And then after James Franklin, Derek Mason came in, um, had some losing seasons, has not been has not had a great record. Uh, at Vanderbilt, but he went to a bowl two years ago. He's going to a bowl again now. Just beat Tennessee for a third straight time. And if you if there's any leverage you can get as Vanderbilt's coach, um, it's by beating Tennessee and, <laughs> and going to bowl games. And and not many coaches have done that. The fact that he's done that now, and uh, Vandy is searching for a new athletic director, I, I think it maybe just needs it, it. It just lends itself to maybe he needs to keep his options open, and I think that's what he's doing. And, and can we just rub this in to our Tennessee listeners here? Adam, you have you've kind of glossed this over. They not only have beaten Tennessee, they've done it three years in a row, folks, and they did it in convincing form this year. I don't even remember last year, but I'm sure they did beat them convincingly last year. And it's now three years in a row. Vandy has topped Tennessee. Yeah, it's uh, th- all three of those wins were by double digits, okay. if I remember right. <laughs> uh, the last two have been essentially blowouts, and and the, the history lesson there is. The last time that Vandy beat Tennessee three times in a row, it was the 1920s. Uh-huh. And uh, Dan McGugan, who's a legend around Vandy, he was the coach of Vandy. And the last of that winning streak for Vandy, the, the coach in the last one there, which was 1926, was General Robert Nealon. So uh-huh. Nealon's first year, he lost to Vandy, and nobody's beat beat uh, beat Tennessee three times in a row until until Vandy did it this year. Well, this past weekend when those two teams got on the playing surface at Vanderbilt Stadium, it was the Kyle Shermer show. He was near perfect. What did his final quarterback rating end up being in that game? Uh, it was it was it was a lot. It was, a, it was about <laughs> maxed out. Uh, yeah, Shermer has torched UT really all four years, especially these last uh, last three. Kyle Shermer is the son of Pat Shermer, the New York Giants coach, and. He'll get drafted. Not sure how high this year. But, he needs uh, to go to the New York. At, he needs to be drafted yeah. by the New York Giants. And I'm an Eli Manning fan, but hey, they need to have the next QB in the wings in New York. You, you know, I've been asked about that, and boy, wouldn't that be an interesting situation if you brought in your son to be Eli Manning's uh, successor? And uh, you know, he's still a pretty popular guy. Now, it would be that, that there would be a, a kind of a, a, a funny. Side, side plot to that is that, you know, Eli had had relied so much uh, on his dad over his career. If he was then replaced by the son uh, of his coach, that you know, that I think that'd be not poetic justice, but it would be an interesting little twist to it. I don't think Eli Manning cares. I'm actually surprised he's still been a quarterback all these years after winning two Super Bowls because. Here's a guy that's really kind of a boring person. Let's be honest; he's very mm-hmm. he's very boring, and and I'm actually surprised. I think I've seen him on two recent commercials. He really hasn't been on that many commercials to be a two time Super Bowl winner. His brother's all over the place. Make no mistake about that. I think he would be just fine with that. And frankly, I think Eli would probably find moving on to some other franchise and being a backup quarterback for a year or two. But, you know, just enjoying the NFL life. But that's another story. But Shermer certainly has a bright future if he can play like he did against Tennessee. My goodness. Adam, what are we hearing for bowl possibilities for Vanderbilt this year? Uh, Belk Bowl, which is in Charlotte, uh, Liberty Bowl in Memphis, uh, maybe Music City Bowl here in Nashville, but I don't see that one happening. Um, if Now, if there's three teams out of the SEC 
that make the New Year's Six Bowls. LSU would be the, the, the last one uh, of those three. Uh, LSU, Georgia, and Florida, as long as Georgia loses the SEC title game. If those three teams get in the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, then that will keep all the SEC teams up in kind of intermediate bowls. If only two teams get in the New Year's Six Bowls, they will everybody get bumped down one, which would bump Vanderbilt down to the Birmingham Bowl. Um, you know, there's a scenario out there where Vandy could play Memphis in Birmingham, which would be pretty interesting. Vandy has beaten uh, Middle Tennessee and Tennessee this year, so that would be the round robin. Of the and Tennessee State, don't leave out the Tigers. Well, if I'm just going FBS, uh, but yeah, but they, but they, yeah, but yeah, they beat Tennessee State, and, and, they, also. and they almost they almost lost to TSU. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That was that was a tight one. Um, but it, it, I think Belker Liberty most likely. I mean, in the press box at the Vanderbilt Tennessee game, uh, the Liberty Bowl pamphlets were in everybody's seat, and uh, it was kind of understood that they were there for UT. And if the Vols uh, won, that they really? were perfectly happy. Yep, to get the Vols, uh, that I think that was gonna that was gonna happen. They were eager to get them, and now that Vandy won that game, it's well, do you take the consolation prize of Vanderbilt, or you try to get somebody else? So Vandy's not going to be a popular team to bring in because, uh, you know, the fans don't travel well. It's a smaller enrollment, smaller fan base, and you're not going to get great TV ratings out of Vandy. The flip side of that is. Uh, you know, you do like NFL prospects, and Kyle Shermer's one. Jared Pinkney, the tight end, is one. Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back, is one. Jawan Williams will get drafted if he leaves early at corner. So there's a lot of NFL draftable type guys on that team. But again, uh, not, not a lot of tickets sold. Not a lot of not a lot of butts in the seats. Yep, we're talking right now with Adam Sparks, who works for the Tennessean and Tennessean.com covering Vanderbilt and SEC athletics. He has the second-best job in all of college football, and that's because he gets to cover Vanderbilt. That's that's a pretty good gig, right, Adam? Well, I mean, it, uh, football's getting better. Basketball also getting better. Uh, the, the best part of this gig is uh, is covering Tim Corbin and the baseball team. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's an Omaha-worthy team just about every year, but uh, weather's too cold to get to that right now. Well, I'm waiting for you to, meet, to ask me the question, reporter. And that would be, well, if I'm, I've got the second best gig, what's the first best gig? Oh, I thought Nick Saban was. <laughs> no, no, no. The best gig in college football is what you just talked about at the press box at Vandy's game against Tennessee this past weekend. Being a bowl scout, I want that job. I want to go all over the, the country and say, I'm with the Adam Sparks Bowl, and y'all need to kiss up to me. That's the job that I want. It's it's a good gig to have, and I've known a few of those guys uh, that do that. They 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 make good money. They travel, and really, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, do you want team A or team B? I don't know. We'll take either. Okay, that's fine. And that's that's that's, that's how you get your check. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool, sweet deal. And frankly, a lot of times those guys, their actual role is totally irrelevant because the bowl ends up being decided by some league office or something like that. We ESPN. Will con- yep, ESPN. ESPN a- picks it. You got it. All right, we're going to keep talking with Adam. When we come back, we're going to talk about this coming weekend's SEC championship. And Adam's going to weigh in on what he thinks is going to happen at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And we've talked about basketball. He likes covering Vanderbilt basketball. Some news on that front this week for the Doors. All that right ahead on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern Accent, our SEC Spotlight.
fragrance makes for dreamy holiday gifts, and Ulta Beauty is the place to get them. So gift your impossible-to-impress daughter an irresistible scent from Clinique My Happy. And gift your hard-to-please sister a fruity and floral scent from KKW Fragrance. And then get ready to gift yourself, too. Because when you buy a fragrance of $50 or more, you'll get a free plush throw or luxury robe for having the good sense to gift great sense. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Herpesinel penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Uses directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Back we are. This is the Y'all Show, broadcasting on stations across the Southeast and on Apple Podcasts. Joined now by Adam Sparks of the Tennessean, a Gannett paper in Nashville and Middle Tennessee, covering all things Tennessee. And Adam covers Vanderbilt and SEC athletics for the Tennessean and Tennessean.com. And we've been talking football with Adam. We're going to talk a little basketball before we get out of here with him as well. But right now, this weekend in Atlanta, it's going to be the SEC championship game featuring the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know Adam had a chance to see the Georgia Bulldogs in person as Vandy took on them this year. I don't think you have a chance to see Alabama this year, have you? In person? Uh, no, saw them last year, but they look a whole lot like last year, but better. Okay. So if you see them one year, you see them any year. Well, I've seen them, so I can weigh in on that. I saw them play their next-to-last home game of the year, so if, if you need my input on them, which I'm sure you don't. All right, what do you think about what's going to happen Saturday come mid-afternoon on CBS when these two teams face off for the championship game? I expect a real physical game, obviously, because the two types of, of coaches, two types of teams that you have in that. Uh, Alabama's going to play really well, and Alabama's going to win. Uh, oh, you know, Nick, let, let's, Nick, uh, let's stop the presses. Adam Sparks, he's right here. He's making a bold pick, Alabama. <laughs> bold projection coming in from Nashville, Davidson County. Adam Sparks says Alabama's going to win the SEC championship. Uh, yeah, not not a yeah not a not a hot take exactly. Uh, you know, Nick Saban recruits players 
good enough not to lose to bad teams. Uh, so, for example, the Citadel, that you know, that that they were never going to lose that game. And then I don't know about that, Adam. You're talking to a Citadel alumnus who was there pulling for the Bulldogs, and I thought I was about to witness the greatest upset ever, but it didn't happen. Uh, it was it was never going to happen. But the and Citadel then, can claim first half national champions, and this we is true. Yeah. But uh, other than a, a, a gimmicky offense, as some people might say, with a triple option, Alabama has had looked pretty good this year. Their players are too good to lose those games, yeah. and and in the big games, that Nick Saban's just too good of a coach. He has him, he has them up, he has them motivated uh, to play the biggest games. So they're not gonna. I mean, they'll they'll play really well against Georgia. They'll play really well because it's a big game, and they know if they don't play well, they'll get beat. Now. I think Alabama's going to win. I think Alabama's going to win probably about 10, okay. something like that. Uh, but now, I love chaos, so I would love Georgia to win that game. I'd love Georgia to win that game, and then you've got the uh, you know, the decision of the playoff committee about what do you do. Do you move Georgia up ahead of Alabama? How far do you bump Alabama back? I can't imagine they would get bumped out of the top four. Um, but I, I, w- I would like that scenario, and I would like Alabama to – to look like they could get beat and get beat, and it would add some drama more to the playoff. Because right now I think we're lacking on drama. It's, you know, who's going to play Alabama in the national championship game, and do they have a prayer? You think, um, you, I, think, I, I, you think Greg Sankey's calling up Nick Saban or going over to his office and say, look, Coach, you did it last year and things worked out for you. I think it would be good if you took one for the team and lose Saturday to Georgia, and there we can get two teams back in the Final Four. Yeah, it'd be a pretty, pretty quick click of that phone. I would, I would imagine. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it would be great for the SEC. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Alabama losing now, winning later is just perfectly fine. And like you said, we saw it last year. Uh, I just, I, I don't see enough of a weakness on Alabama for that to happen. Um, you know, maybe if Tua got hurt, um, but boy, Jalen Hurts is pretty good. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that there's there's not there's no depth issues anywhere. Um, Georgia's going to have to call some turnovers. Um, they're going to have to get Alabama into some third and long situations, which is really tough. And Georgia's going to have to just score a lot of points. I mean, I, I don't I don't think Georgia uh, will be able to hold down Alabama under 30. And so Fromm's going to have to throw the ball. They can't turn it over, and they're going to have to get that two-man, three-man uh, backfield going. And that that's so many things. That, there's so many boxes they have to check to have a chance of beating Alabama. I'm just not sure they can check even half of those. Well, Adam, you saw Georgia 2018. You saw them last year, too. Any difference at all from your perspective of covering the dogs against Vanderbilt? Um, you know, they looked more incomplete earlier in the season. I mean, obviously they took a little bit of step back with the running backs. Um, I actually really like Jake Fromm. I've liked Jake Fromm since he, since he got to Georgia. I thought he was actually underrated some last year. I think he's going to make a really good pro quarterback. Um, so I think Fromm is more controlled, more mature is what you would expect. Uh, defense doesn't have as much bite, but I think they're, they're showing more of that late in the year. Um, you know, I, they're, they're a better team now than they were a month ago. And that's all that you can ask uh, of any team. I just, there was such a gap there between them and Alabama. I'm not so sure they could, they could close that. If they could, it may take another six months to do so. Yeah. So I guess one question I had for you about George comparing them from last year, when you, obviously they could have, maybe should have won the national championship game without that incredible pass by Alabama. They would have won it. Is, is Georgia just as good this year as they were last year? 
I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, well, I think the I think maybe it seems to some people that they've that they've gotten maybe in the conversation of doing that this year, but I think it's more so that the bar was a little lower. Okay. Um, you know, I think by the end of last year, people looked at them and said that may be the best team in college football, and yeah, for for four quarters for regulation, they looked like that against Alabama. But I think coming into this year. The, the bar was a little lower, and they had to replace up running backs, and they had to replace some guys on defense. And I think people said, well, that's not the best team in college football, but it's, it's probably top five, top seven, and they've played to, to that level or better. And so I think they've met the bar and exceeded it, but the bar was a little lower this year than last, I feel like. Well, we know if an Alabama win comes our way on Saturday, they're obviously in the top four and will make the playoff. Notre Dame's automatically going to be in there. The question comes, well, what about three and four and really more of number four? Who's going to be that lucky team getting in? So what's Adam Sparks' take on the final four after this coming weekend's games? Well, I, I mean, I like Oklahoma. Um, you know, I don't – the whole thing with Ohio State is it, there's always this bias of looking at their last game, and I, I don't I don't like that. I like, I like to look at the complete season. Ohio State has been so up and down. Now, if you want to – judge it on say who the best four teams right now are uh, ohio state's one of those but you know if you're doing it that way i think georgia is uh georgia's better than notre dame now well, notre dame will get in because they're undefeated um and i get that they've earned that um they don't they don't have the hardest uh schedule this year that it really wasn't their fault stanford was not as good as they usually are usc was not as good as they usually are but i I don't. I don't think Notre Dame's one of the best four teams. And if the task of the of the playoff committee is to put who they think the four best teams, uh, who they think the four best teams are in there, then they don't put Notre Dame. Uh, they put uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Uh, but you got to leave somebody out. And I, I tend to think Oklahoma's going to be left out. Really. Ohio State's going to be put in. But I'd probably flip flop those two. All right. Well, you think Oklahoma is getting in because of this being a Big 12 championship berth for them instead of the way they used to do it where they didn't have a championship game? Yeah, I mean, it, if if they win it, obviously it doesn't it doesn't hurt. And that goes back to the what have you what have you done for me lately? Uh, you know, now if they don't play really well and win that one, uh, that, that could hurt them. But if they win and win in impressive fashion, then. And that that that's going to be good for them. I mean, Ohio State uh, had a pretty good stand this this last game. So you you kind of just it really depends on the committee member. I mean, I'm sure some in there look at it and say I'm just going to look at full body work, while others are swayed more by the last two or three games that they've seen. Um, you know, we we complained about computers for so many years and the BCS and what do computers know. You know, you need to get football people in there and former coaches and all that. And now I think we almost make, sometimes we make the, the opposite, opposite argument of, well, there's this human bias. Now it's so much better when just computers could tell us. We're talking with Adam Sparks of the Tennessean in Nashville, Tennessee covers sec and Vanderbilt sports for this daily newspaper, a legacy paper in middle Tennessee. And prior to last week's seven-overtime thriller, if you want to call it that, I call it a snoozer in some cases. It looked like they were <laughs> just going through the motions after a while. Could LSU have found their way in the top four at the end of the season if they had not lost that game? Um, I, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Alabama got in uh, last year because you knew they were – 
they were better than just about everybody else, and they just happened to be uh, they just happened to be in in the in the toughest division in football, which was SEC West. Um, LSU. LSU can make a similar case, but LSU does not look the part. Uh, LSU looks like a really good top ten team, uh, but I think they look like a flawed team. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you can look at them and say that's absolutely a top four team in the country. I think they look like a top ten team, and that's it. And, and Texas A&M showed that against them. Now, LSU should have won that game. Um, I, I will disagree with you. I thought it was great TV. I thought it was great <laughs> entertainment. I, I liked watching that. Oh. Although it kind of points to the idea that maybe the the overtime rules could be tweaked just a little bit. Well, it, it was okay TV. I'll give you that. But the fastest guy on the field there in overtime was Ed Orgeron running down there and call timeout. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably the best clips, I guess, of, of that of that seven overtimes. I, I, I wish there was a way to do that a little different. The you know in the in the era of such good offenses where anybody you get them in the red zone you're going to score. Uh, maybe that's not. I don't know if I have a better solution, but maybe that doesn't fit what what needs to go on in overtime now. Because if you give if if you give most offenses of a decent caliber that type of field position, uh, they're going to score, and that's that's why you saw that one stretched out so much. Adam. What you asked for might just be coming to reality in a couple months when the Alliance of American Football starts up. And they're going to do some crazy things different from what we're used to in football. And I noticed the Memphis franchise, the Memphis Express, has several Vanderbilt alums playing for them in case you haven't looked at the roster lately, which I think it's only a couple days old, by the way. (laughs) But they're going to do one thing. like you, You can't go for an extra point after a kick. You have to go for two. And they don't have onside kicks. They do like a first, or they do like a one down and 15 yards, and if or something kind of like that. But maybe maybe we can all learn from Steve Spurrier and all the other characters involved with the Alliance, which starts in February. So, hey, well, it, 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 it wouldn't bother me if it did well because XFL was fun while it lasted. The World League was fine. The USFL back in the day was fun. I'm fine with more football. I'm not so sure this will last more than a couple of years, though. Well, I'm happy as a Southerner that you've got franchises in Birmingham, Memphis, Atlanta has a team, and you also have Orlando, coached by Steve Spurrier. So. Scattered throughout the southeast, you've got a couple different options and should be something fun to watch. And I believe now with sports gambling that this league's going to get a little bit more attention than it may normally just because people are gonna, people are obsessed with gambling and it gives them an option to bet on football in the middle of March and April. Adam, I want to ask you about the rest of the SEC before we get out of here with you. The way things turned out, Vanderbilt was partly responsible for the collapse in Fayetteville, Arkansas this year when y'all went there covering Vanderbilt and the Commodores destroyed Arkansas. They went 0-8 in SEC play. You also helped ruin, I believe, a team in Oxford, Mississippi. They didn't have a winning season because of losing to Vanderbilt in a kind of a a controversial, but I don't want to call it that, uh, a a play that some people are still talking about. And other teams, what, what's your thought on the entire SEC minus Georgia, Alabama, and Vanderbilt? Well, uh, the fact that the, the the fact that Georgia has risen up uh, at least means the SEC East is going to be a little healthier than it has been. Uh, you know, growing up around here, you always you used to think of Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. That's the big three in the SEC East, and uh, those three need to be good for that side of the division to be good. So the fact that Dan Mullen is getting things back in a little bit in line at Florida means that they're, they're going to be what they usually are. Tennessee's got a long ways to go. 
Um, you know, out west, out west can get a little bit boring just because you know. I mean, Nick Saban's going to be in that job till he's ninety years old, okay. and nobody's going to beat him. Um, you know, I, uh, a player that I covered is an uh, offensive coordinator at Arkansas, Joe Craddock, and uh, they're going to transform that into a good offense, an up and down offense, uh, up tempo. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, but it's going to be, it's going to take a while to kind of flip things around uh, there. Uh, Ole Miss will be good and not too long. I feel like, um, you know, the Mississippi State Ole Miss. Uh, I, you know, I know it was the glory days. What is that? Three years ago, when they were both in the top three. Uh, I don't think that'll come around again. But I think both of those programs are going to be pretty good for a while. I think both of them have pretty good coaches. On the play that you were referencing in the uh, Vanderbilt game, uh, you know. AJ Brown, I thought I think he's the best wide receiver in the in the country um, in, in college football. The, the Bolitnikoff Award, I'm a voter on that, and I was a little dismayed that he was not a finalist for that. Uh, Jerry Judy at Alabama is, but AJ Brown didn't even make the top three. I, I thought he should have been number one. He was my vote, but uh, all right. Well, Miss, you were at the game. Was that a catch or not a catch there against Vanderbilt, Ole Miss? Vanderbilt? Uh, in in real time and the my immediate look at the replay, I thought he caught it. Okay. Um, I, by the rule, now the way the rule was read after that, I can see why it wouldn't be a catch. Uh, it's kind of one of those. What does the rule say, and what do my eyes say? The rule says that's probably Probably not a catch. Okay. My eyes say, yeah, he caught it. I mean, it's, it's, it's catch. But you know, we've we've seen this in the NFL over and over for years uh, now, where you see something that you you know is a catch, but there's some little quirky thing in the rule book that says it's not a catch. So if if that was thrown in a backyard game in in, in my yard, I would say he caught it. All right. Well, you uh, you you should know, Adam. We want to also talk to you about a little basketball. And Vanderbilt was in the news this week for not the best of reasons, as your star player there in Nashville went down with an injury. Tell me about that. Uh, Darius Garland, a local kid, a five-star point guard freshman, uh, maybe the best freshman point guard in the country, uh, probably a one-and-done player. He uh, tore his meniscus in his left knee. He is out for the season and probably done for his career at Vandy. He only played four games and some change, 139 minutes. That's all his career was. And this, it wasn't just a really great player that they brought in as a one and done guy. This was kind of a celebrity around Nashville. There were billboards all around Nashville, all over the interstates promoting the fact that the hometown guy uh, chose to come to Vanderbilt instead of Kentucky or Duke or UCLA or any of those. Um, And so this was supposed to be a great year. the best recruiting class in Vanderbilt basketball history. In addition to him, there's two five-stars and a four-star player in this class, along with some transfers. Um, And this was supposed to be celebrated as kind of the, you know, one-shot deal where Vandy could make a run deep in the NCAA tournament. He's done now, and they're having to regroup. They're still a talented team, um, but it just kind of has changed everything at Vanderbilt. Was he a starter? Say again. Was he a starter? Oh yeah, he, he he was he was the engine of the team. He was okay. the best player really? on the team. Really, as a yeah. guy who was a true freshman, already a starter and an engine in the team. That's amazing. Yeah, and he uh, and he's going to be. I mean, he'll come back from. He's going to rehab after the surgery, and the thinking is he'll be good to go for NBA scouts in the spring. Will not return this season, and uh, if he works that well, which I'm sure he will, he'll get. He'll get drafted possibly as a lottery pick, a top 10 pick, certainly a first-round pick. And if that's where he's still slotted at that time projected, then uh, he'll go right into the NBA. 
And what do you expect out of Bryce Drew's team now, minus Garland, for the rest of the year? Well, if they can, if they can get past uh, past this, I mean, the team took it really, really hard. Again, it, it felt more like a funeral than just a, a guy suffered a knee injury. It's still a talented team. It's a team that can get the NCAA tournament if they play well. But they've got three uh, games against coming up against top thirty teams just right here in December: Arizona State, Kansas State, and NC State. Over the next three weeks, they win some of those. They'll put themselves in a pretty good situation. Uh, if they lose all those, then they're going to have to win a lot of SEC games to get to the get to the NCAA tournament in March. But talented enough, they've just got to figure out how to retool things without Darius Garland. All right, Adam, we appreciate you taking some time to talk football and a little college basketball. You can find Adam on Twitter, at Adam Sparks. And also, I noticed on your profile at thetennessean.com, we can't let you slide without bringing this up. You mentioned in your bio there at Tennessean.com, Adam, that you are a lover of southern fried foods, and we can't let you slide. I mean, what are you talking about here? Oh, I love it all. It fry anything. Fried chicken. Uh, the only way to eat vegetables is fried. Fried okra, fried squash. Um, you know, that's the beauty of, uh, of the South, that you can – anything you can get in a garden or off an animal or anything like that, you just <laughs> put some – Put some breading on it and throw it in some oil and some grease, and it's it's good to go. Anything from I love fried chicken. Uh, Hattie B's and Prince's is a fried hot chicken in uh, in Nashville. That's that's among my favorites. Hey, and of course, you're from right along the banks of the Tennessee River in West Tennessee, where they have something called catfish there. Fried where, catfish. Where, where yep. should I go in Decaturville, Tennessee, to get some good well, catfish? I would actually I would actually go right outside Decatur County or Decaturville in, in into it's spelled Reagan, but it's actually Riggin is the way it's uh, it's uh, Ronald Reagan, but it's Riggin. Uh, if you go to Riggin, Tennessee, and it's all you can eat catfish. Uh, uh, fried catfish, that's where I'd go. Anywhere they have fried catfish, though, I'm there. Any particular place, let's give them a plug. No, it's uh, it's the Riggin Cafe. That's that's the name of it. Riggin Cafe. Uh, Riggin Cafe. All right. Well, I will put that on my planner, my life goal there, to get to Riggin, Tennessee, and check out that. Adam Sparks on Twitter. Hey, if you go there right now, I'm not going to tell you what the article is about, but the tease on Twitter says, on his Adam Sparks Twitter account, Derek Mason stays, Jeremy Pruitt tanks. How Vandy keeps beating Tennessee. And I know all the folks across the Volunteer State are anxious to see what the heck you've got to say. Adam, thank you very much for coming on the Y'all Show today. All right, good to be on. All right. Well, this is the Y'all Show. We want to thank Adam and all the other guests we had on today's show. We'll be back here tomorrow to do it all over again. You've been listening to the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. Have a great rest of your day. The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by Dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by Dell for more Cyber Week deals. Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 ThinQ for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 ThinQ at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. 
Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 Thank You for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee restrictions apply.